Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> We're going to cut this out. We're not going to you know, need to do that. Hey, there's our sound button at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> And we are recording. Oh, God. <laughs> Nervous laughter. Nervous laughter. Yep. That's okay. It'll be okay. We will pull through this and we will do our damnedest, which isn't saying much coming from me, but you know. <laughs> so this is Booked on a Feeling and you are listening to your hosts, Corey. And Kobe. And uh, we're coming to you from our uh glorious studio here that is perfectly adorned in every way shape and form it's just it's breathtaking i wish you could see it bare walls as far as the eye can see and and a uh, a mattress with no frame it's great you you really would love it thanks you know i'm yeah. an interior decorator at heart yeah hair flip yeah so yeah so this is booked on a feeling uh we will basically besides you know singing randomly when you don't want us to we'll probably be talking about books do you want to tell them what we want to do with our little podcast here yeah so each week uh we'll be choosing some really specific and obscure themes and each finding a book that fits that theme for the week and we're going to talk about it yeah um every now and then we'll have some heavyweights which we both read the book and talk about how they affected us maybe how they affected the media yeah so that's what we're doing uh today right yes that is what we're doing today and i'm both excited and terrified because I feel like this book could be real <laughs> at yeah. any point in time. Yeah. So it was like reading into our future. God, I hope not. I it certainly fucking hope so. Fucking scary as oh, shit. God. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So sometimes the themes might be a little dark. Sometimes they might be a little lighthearted. We are essentially just looking for uh, excuses to read our little hearts out. You know, I, I can't speak for Kobe, but I have not been much of a, a reader lately. So I think that this is a great excuse for me to uh, really get out there and delve deep into the uh, fine world of uh, literature. Yeah, I mean, being an adult is hell. So you got to find the time where you can. So we uh, we did, of course, take a shot of whiskey before this to kind of loosen our nerves up a little bit. I'm going to be completely honest. We're both terrified. We're a little <laughs> we're a little nervous. This is our first time uh, trying to record our voices. And please do me a favor. If you are listening to this, tell Kobe how beautiful her voice is. Like, stop. OK, again, that with the hair so. flip, you need <laughs> <laughs> my really nervous, blushing hair. flip. <laughs> OK. All yes. right. So. Shall we? I guess. Let's uh, get these pages turning. Yep. Yeah. Yes, we shall. Yeah, we shall. So what book are we covering today? This week we are covering The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Um, it recently, well, not so recently, it uh, became a television series in 2017 on the popular uh, streaming platform Hulu. 17? I thought it was 16. Is it 17? I think so. Oh God, we're almost we're yeah, almost 2017. in 2017. We're almost through the decade, guys. 
Oh my god. Yeah. I'm old. Yeah, right. <laughs> um yeah, so 2017 is when the series started, um starring the beautiful and effervescent Elizabeth Moss. Effervescent. Effervescent. Effer- okay, I don't know. I if need I- to sound well read, Corey. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use that to describe <laughs> Elizabeth Moss. She is great though. I do love her. No, she was I I watched the series. Um, Corey, I don't think you did. Uh, I've gotten through the first episode like twice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've watched the series in its entirety and she really portrayed um, the main character well. So I'm very excited about this book today. Wait, so do you pronounce it Offred or Uffred? In the mo- in the show, they pronounce it Offred. Do they? Yeah. But I feel like it should be of Fred. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but, want we'll return to that, I'm sure. I wanted to yeah. talk about that because it took me almost the entire fucking book to realize <laughs> that that's like the names, like how like why they were that Yeah, way. why they I didn't get that. Like I was I was but I mean if you look at it, I mean off Fred and of Fred are both very symbolic and yes. certain, you know. So we will get into that yeah. actually. Oh, okay. Um, so before we start, I'll give um, a brief synopsis of what the book is about. This comes to you from- For you uncultured swine who have no idea. And no, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Please don't hate us. Don't offend the viewers. <laughs> the listeners. <laughs> the listeners, yes. whatever. Um, so this synopsis comes to you from IMDb. It says, The Handmaid's Tale is the story of life in the dystopian of Gilead, a totalitarian (laughs) society in what was the United States. Gilead is ruled by a fundamentalist regime that treats women as property of the state and in space with environmental disasters and a plummeting birth rate. Oh, well, that's just, you know, that's totally normal, right? Women are our property, of course. Who doesn't know that? What? Right? Right. (laughs) So, um, Corey read this novel on Kindle. An e-book, if you would. I'm very progressive of me. Look at Um, you, Mr. Hey, you know what? It was free. I don't... I'm not... You know what? I... I you know I, I'm not you know I'm not yeah. gonna apologize. It was free. You shouldn't. I'm not. Um, I purchased the uh, paperback version as I am an old woman and I very much prefer the physical feel of a book in my hands. Yeah. And what my book had that Corey's copy didn't was an introduction written by the Margaret Atwood, oh. um, dated February of 2017, which was shortly after the um show premiered on hulu oh and she wrote this specifically for us for this podcast right exactly yes yeah. so she just knew sup girl yes yeah, sup, <laughs> sup that wood how sup you doing girl. today hey, sup mags isn't that a <laughs> <laughs> mags mags i think like, you said bags oh, i was no, I like what mags. the fuck <laughs> margaret atwood please don't destroy me um, she doesn't even know you exist <laughs> she's never gonna hear this let's be completely honest um okay so she kind of I'm not, it's like three or four pages long in very small type. I'm not going to read this whole introduction to you. Verbatim. Verbatim. Yeah. Um, But I will tell you that she first begins by going through and saying how she began writing it, kind of what her life was like in the 80s, because this book was actually written in the 80s. It came out in 85, right? Yes. So this was not... A very recently published book at all um it just became popular again in 2017 hey what's up hulu 
Exactly. Look at that. Hulu making mm-hmm. waves. And she kind of just goes through in the second half of this introduction, talking about the names off red. There was a lot of uh, theories going around that the name of the main character was June. She neither confirmed nor denies this in this introduction. How did they find that? Is that like in the because, sequel or something? Because remember in the first chapter, there's like four names. It's like Moira, June, and... Janine. I know Janine was Alma, Janine, Dolores, Mori- Moira, and June. June is the only one that is not mentioned as being seen again throughout the entire novel. So people were like, oh my God, her name is actually June. Uh, She's an unwoman. Who cares about her? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But um, yeah, Margaret Atwood neither confirms or denies this. She says people can think what they want to think, which makes me think that it's not June, that it's something else entirely, and that June is someone that we'll never hear about. Well, and she she does that throughout the the book too, almost because she talks about these characters, but then she just like they're they're just gone. Like um, yeah. her husband, uh, what's his Luke. what's Luke? Mm-hmm. For some reason, I want to say Fred. Luke, yeah. Like she talks about Luke. She talks about like missing him, wanting to you know wishing she could see him, not not wanting to see him because she doesn't know if he's alive or dead, you know. But then it's just basically it's out there, and she doesn't. She never finds out what happened to him you know and then moira like she finds moira again but then after that chance encounter she never sees moira again you know so it looks like she throws away characters she discards them almost as if like they're taken by okay cat goodness jesus Sorry, Kobe's cats are very spirited and they love me to death. So they're upset that there's a closed <laughs> they're door. They're trying to claw their way in here to smother Corey mm-hmm. with licks and yes, cuddles. And cuddles with their raspy tongues. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's actually a recurring theme throughout the novel um, with her discarding. I kind of thought of it as um, memories fading away because oh. June, def- not June, I'm sorry, I messed up. Offred often talks about throughout the whole book that she's starting to forget her past. She's starting to forget all the people that she knew before. Yeah, like it's, I put that in my notes too, is just, it's just like, she's defeated. Yeah. And and all of the women, the female characters, they're all defeated. Even Serena Joy, the commander's wife, she's defeated, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they've almost just completely lost touch of how life used to be and they're i don't know they've surrendered and i hate it 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 makes me physically ill almost yeah i definitely felt that in this introduction margaret talks about the um costumes worn described in gilead like of the handmaids and of uh Mm -hmm. the wives and stuff because the colors are very symbolic oh yeah and that kind of made me think about it. So in the book, the handmaidens are required to wear red constantly. Um, in the introduction and in the first couple chapters of the novel, it is described that the handmaidens wear red so they can be seen more clearly. So if they try to run away, they'll be able to be picked out in a crowd. Really? Um, yeah. But I think that it's... Like, yeah. So matter of fact, yeah. yeah. You didn't see that? I didn't see that. <laughs> you didn't read the book as comprehensively and multiple times Okay. Like see, when I think of red, I think of like that time of the month. And it makes me think of, you know, almost like... God, I'm digging a hole here, I think. But <laughs> I, it makes me think of just 
the menstrual cycle almost like yeah that's kind of what like i thought too the discarding of blood you know just the period obviously mm-hmm. um these women are fertile because they're still going through this cycle and they're still they're still bleeding every month you know and it, it's yeah. almost like um like symbolic of their fertility that's how i saw it i kind of saw it similarly even though in the introduction Margaret specifically says that the commander's wives wear blue, which is a symbol of purity from the Virgin Mary. Bullshit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And handmaids wear red from the blood of parturition, but also from Mary Magdalene. So these are like very biblical symbols, which also really bothered me because I am not incredibly religious. However, I do understand how people feel about the Bible. And I just feel like this whole book. And I know that Margaret Atwood did this on purpose because it was supposed to be a perversion of the Bible and of um, how some people who are overtly religious can, you know, potentially create this dystopian landscape of subjugating women to being raped, essentially, just for the process of procreation. Rachel and Lee, the story in mm-hmm. in the Bible about... Which they also reference yeah, in this book. Oh, the book is, is littered with biblical references, you know, and how they, like, hunt down Mormons and they hunt down, you know, even though they... They hunt down the Jewish and all Well, that stuff. they allow the Jews because they're Jesus's people or something like that, right? They allow the Jews, like, to be... They just um, have to live, like, pretty much in silence. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's like they give them an option. They can either take on the Christian views and beliefs or whatever, or they get shipped off to Israel. But we all know that they aren't actually being shipped off to Israel. They're probably getting killed killed you when know in doubt kill people of course yeah i kill people every day yeah, <laughs> yeah that's they, how you, I dis- saw. you disagree with me i'm fucking, that's how you know, i saw kill all shot. my problems yeah of course cool so then sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say that it is extremely biblical which is just i don't know it's remarkable i i feel like i haven't heard much about backlash that this book has gotten and i know that it i'm sure it has gotten it's been on banned book lists before Mm -hmm. especially in the 90s the tv show when it came out and this book rose to prominence because of it there were it made waves for sure but it's i haven't heard much about like just kind of like the controversy of it all like it just doesn't seem i don't know i i would feel like the um, i don't know i would feel like more people would just not <sighs> kobe's making her faces at me. Sorry, kobe's I'm making sorry, her faces no. at me <laughs> i need to stop <laughs> okay i'm sorry okay so yeah so um one thing all of our listeners should know is that Kobe has a very, very express. How? What's the word? Expressive. Expressive. I was like expressionable. No, expressionable is not a word. Express. We're supposed to sound. I read books. (laughs) Um, She has a very expressive face, so she'll sit across from me and she'll be making these faces while I talk. And no, no, no! Don't be upset. It's just (laughs) she's giving me an upset face now. No, it's just like I. I love it to death, and I'm I'm so sad that you guys can't see what I see, but it's okay because hopefully it'll come come across. And um, yeah, <laughs> she yeah no. Okay, so do you want to finish that thought before I move on to the next part? <laughs> no, you can go on. 
before we leave the introduction, which I know is probably taking a thousand years. This is part of the story, baby. Just I mean, it really is. Um, So the author addresses three questions in her introduction that she has been frequently asked. And I definitely wanted to go over those and see what you thought of them. With me or with the listeners? With you. With me. Ooh, I feel special. Also with the listeners, if you want to comment. Oh, yes. Please comment. Um, So you can find us on... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the first question is, is this a feminist novel? Absolutely. See, and Margaret Atwood says no. And I agree with her. Well, okay. Okay. When I look at it, yes, I see it as a feminist novel, but... I don't think that it's meant to, uh, God, you know, see words are just escaping me. My inner thesaurus is not working right now. I don't see it as, as kind of like a call to arms against the, you know, the patriarchy. Thank you. I don't see it as that. I just see it as like, listen up, ladies, you are in control of your own bodies and don't let anybody tell you any different. And in my opinion, that's very feminist. And I am 100% on board with that shit. Like, yeah, I fucking mean, don't let anybody tell you what to do. Like, you want to bear children, bear some fucking children. You want to just cook food and be a Martha or a, you know, I don't know. Yeah. A Karen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to complain to the manager? You complain to the manager. You complain your heart out, you girl. Complain. <laughs> you get that bob cut. Um, I I took it in a different direction. So Margaret, Margaret Atwood talks about how this was not a feminist novel in any way. And that didn't kind of sway me when I first started reading Towards the end, I was like, you know, this really isn't because it's just a hopefully fictional scenario. Yeah, it fingers really fucking shows crossed. women Jesus. being torn down. There's a part. Um, you have a very pointed tongue. Thank you. Um, there's <laughs> Sorry, a part very later. <laughs> there's a and part, ladies, folks, later in the book where Offred is reflecting on her previous life with her husband Luke and their child, and she talks about the day that they decided that they were going to leave Boston and uh, try to make a run for it for Canada and how she wasn't able to pay for her cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, how she Well, that was, came earlier, though. I mean, that was like one of the very first things that she couldn't pay yeah, for her cigarettes. She couldn't pay for anything. All of her money went to her husband. How she w- was fired from her job because it was illegal for women to have work. Yeah. To me... Sickening. It was sickening. It made me very upset. But... I thought that that was kind of a testament to how much women have grown and taken control of themselves and their gender over the last 100 years. And then it just kind of talks about how she remarks how it's how devastating it feels to have all of it literally ripped away from you, how you've lost every sense of control, how she felt really conflicted towards her husband. He was very patronizing and was like, oh, well, I'll take care of you. And she's like, that's not the point. Well, but that was his personality. Yeah, that was his personality. Before all of In this. In the book, she obviously this is from her perspective. This isn't, you know, a third party looking in. But just the way that she was talking about it, she was like, you know, it was kind of patronizing. Like, I don't want to be taken care of. I want to be independent in my own person, which is why I didn't think this was a feminist novel. I thought it was 
her having to be a victim and having to survive. I thought it was very sad. I was very upset when I finished this book because I was just like, holy shit. I needed like several drinks. I needed to take a breath. I needed, needed a, a massage. Xanax. I needed a Zanny. Like, <laughs> Zanny the nanny. <sighs> this was a just book. kidding. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add before I move on to the next question? No, you're honestly, when you were talking though, I, it's kind of like a fantasy of mine almost like a dream. Like if, if this had, if this was actually true, it would be just so perfect. If, you know, Alfred's mom was written into the story and it was actually like Margaret Atwood, like that was her character because Alfred's mom is a feminist. And I know she says that the story is not a, not a feminist novel. I get that. But like, like, I don't know, that would just be so fascinating if like she kind of wrote herself into the story and the character she gave herself was Ufford's mom. Yeah. Because that was one of the standout characters for me was was her mom because she was proactive and she went out there and she protested and she, you know, later in life, like I have uh, some some quotes and stuff we'll get into about like. Uh, their relationship between you know our main character and her mom but like her her mother just like just the fact that she was a feminist just like made me so so happy like I oh, loved yeah. it oh yeah I really like that that she that the author kind of brought that that piece in to kind of say you know there were still women that were trying to march and give their opinions and stuff before it was, they got completely shut down. It was yeah. really sad towards the end when her mother was kind of dimmed. That's what got me the most was Moira talking about that Alfred's she's at mom the colonies, she's at the colonies, and that she's really sickly and all well, this stuff. She, like, which colonies? Which colony was she at again? Did they say in the outward colony? So like that's where all the like, sickly go. That's like I mean the, they don't the get waste fed. like nuclear, yeah, the, like radioactive. Mm-hmm. Like oh god, okay. Yeah. See, I didn't even I I I'm sorry, guys. I folks, I I don't remember. <laughs> I remember Moira talking about her being in the colonies. I don't remember which you know, what she said about the colonies. Yeah. Next question. Is this an anti-religion novel? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I was very dead set on that. She says it isn't either. It's just... It's an anti... It's... I think it's a book that uses religion as a weapon. I don't think that religion is inherently bad. There are just bad people. People need something to believe in. Exactly. Absolutely. No, what is the... See, I'm telling you, Mike, the source is not working. I think it's Mm -hmm. just a a mix of of alcohol and the fact that this is our first recording. Yeah. Um, uh, What is the term for somebody who is... Who who does that? Who uses religion as like... not, Not zealots, but... Oh, God. Heretics? No, no. Those are people who go against the religious belief of the people. Oh, God. I am, you know, fanatic. Fanatical. Right? Is that it? Yeah. Okay, so what were we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Is this book anti-religion? Yeah. No, I think it's it's anti-fanaticism. Yes, fanaticism. Yeah, it is definitely. Can pass the wine? Um, yeah, no, I think it's anti-fanaticism. I think that it is not overly religious in any way, shape, or form. I think that it's just the fact that people are taking religion and they are They're perverting it. it. Yeah. They're perverting it. Like the story of, of Rachel and Lee, right? Is that, yeah, yeah. Do you know which book that's in? 
I'm not a religious person. I'm sorry. Uh, as I as I pour my wine and, and she mentions it at some point. Yeah, I know what you're talking about though, and it's just they really use the Bible, and they were like, you know what? We just want to get whatever we want, however we want it. We're going to use the Bible to rally people because mm-hmm. they're using it as a weapon, and there is nothing in the Bible that says, oh. Get your husband to rape some girl as you hold her arms down and then take control of her baby. There is nothing of that in the Bible. To play devil's advocate. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but no, actually, seriously, they don't hold their arms down. They hold their arms like up. Yeah. It's just Serena Joy who just happens to squeeze her hands really because, you know, she herself is what infertile or just hating the whole situation, even though she made a name for herself as an evangelist. Yeah. Like it's all on her fucking it's her it's her fault honestly I mean, really it is because right. she was like because like what do you have to be mad about girl yeah you literally right? did this to yourself yeah you want a baby so fucking bad <laughs> but yeah so i i agree with this introduction that this book is not anti-religion in any way i think it's just perverting the bible and all of the things that you know it could teach people so my third question is is this a prediction I don't think it's a prediction. I think it is a warning. Yes. Actually, she t- she says that in the introduction. Um, the author does say that this is not a prediction, but it's kind of like a, hey, let's not let it get to this. Yes. Because this is all sorts of fucked. I think everybody can agree with that, whether you like this book or not. Unfortunately, no, I don't think that that's true. Not everybody agrees that it's all sorts of fucked. Really? Well, look well, at look at what's happening today. That's true. Like, I Should don't understand. <laughs> if you, I mean, you you do you do love I a do. good soapbox. I love a good soapbox Ooh, too. Honestly, Ooh. let's let's. <laughs> Okay, I, I, don't, I don't know what Kobe's pulling up on her laptop right now, but I do know that Planned Parenthood, let's just go ahead and throw that out there. They do a lot of good for some people and they're getting shit for it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm i personally not very happy about that situation. But then again, I am a guy and it doesn't, oh, it doesn't directly affect me. And of course, with that being said, Unfortunately, it's it's all about empathy and and I just we might cut this out. But I, I <laughs> but I coming from where I'm at, I'm not in a woman woman, you know, I'm not in the woman's shoes. I'm not in their their I don't I don't see their perspective 100% sadly, but I can say that the way that women are treated today and how they were treated back in the 80s when this book came out is fucked wholly and totally and yet some people just do not understand it (sighs) to which i say okay boomers okay (laughs) okay um so yeah on that note let's kind of go into today's news oh yeah you said something came up within the last couple days or something right yes so i didn't know any of any of this because after the last couple years of the presidential drama 
I've kind of really checked out of the news because it was very frustrating for me as a woman with all the shit that's been going on. And it's all about Trump, too. It's all about Trump. Literally, everything's about Trump. <laughs> Literally. And Dump I'm just, Trump. I'm just sick of hearing it. I specifically Googled, you know, things about The Handmaid's Tale. I wanted to see if there were any, like, protests about it. However, I came across a news article on Vice that is from November 15th, 2019. And I do have a follow-up article after that where I learned that um, <laughs> a member of the Missouri Congress has been... Missouri. 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 Has been uh, tracking women's menstrual, menstrual cycles. For what purpose? To um, what end, one might ask? <laughs> to just make sure that uh, nothing's amiss. He specifically also passed a bill. That's very altruistic of him. Yes. He also <laughs> passed a bill um, making it a criminal offense in the state of Missouri for um, physicians to uh, perform abortions and for women to get abortions. Um, well, he's not. Th- that's not the first state to try and pass a bill, though. I mean. Yeah, I mean. What is it, Georgia? Yes. That was uh, the big. No, it was Alabama. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this isn't like specifically this representative. It's the Missouri State of Health Department. What do they know about health? They're all men, probably. Right? <laughs> White-haired, um, old, they, wrinkly-ass they men. Had, they had done this to determine if women had recently had an abortion because they were trying to criminalize this whole this whole bullshit. Yeah, and so there were a lot of uh, Democratic representatives in that area that had said, you know, this is um, very Handmaid's Tale-esque. This, uh, this feels like this is how it's starting. Yeah. And then on December 4th. Two, literally two days, well, literally three days Literally like ago. three or four yeah, days ago. Yeah, three or four. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's the seventh, come so on So women had gone in front of the St. Louis government building to protest the Missouri Health Department's tracking of menstrual cycles, and they were dressed in red robes as handmaids. I, you know what? I did see a, a blurb about that. Mm-hmm. I did. Yes, they dressed in red robes. Okay, yep. got you. They had mandated that abort- abortion patients have two un- two medically unnecessary vaginal exams and that abortion providers were stopped performing the invasive ex- exams, citing their oath to do no harm. Essentially, we're like, this is really cruel and invasive. There is absolutely no we- reason why women should get all these vaginal exams prior to getting an abortion. Speaking this is- of pussies, I hear your cats outside. I know, they're screaming. They're <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. There's there's nothing. Um, but yeah, so um, there's that going on. Yeah, where, that's nice. You know, that's, that's some good news. That's it's great news. Yeah. I really I'm really looking forward to what's going on. Oh, yeah. You, um, you should get ready. You're probably your assets oh are going to be frozen and, and Wesley oh, is going to have to just pay for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm We're sorry. really going to have to switch rules. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, for those for those who don't know, uh, Wesley is my fiance. Oh, they will. Oh, yeah. We oh. are affianced. Affianced. Betrothed. Yes, that actually just happened. 
so tell me tell me a little bit about what happened because i actually don't know the whole story (laughs) in the middle of handmaid's i literally i'm sorry i'm intrigued because he literally was like by the way here's a picture of the ring i'm gonna propose to kobe and i was like lit i need to start finding an engagement present for you so but um, of course i didn't you know i wanted to make sure that you say yes there wasn't anything going on yeah i really thought about saying no but you know yeah in the heat of the moment he is a bit of a pig yeah (laughs) sorry he hasn't i love him he hasn't washed his hair in like three or four days oh god i love him to death though he's like my he's like my boyfriend yeah yeah you're the other man i'm the other man in the relationship i do have a fiance by the way in case anybody's interested (laughs) in that little do you want to trade i'd I'd readily have carlos as my fiance (laughs) over over wesley and yeah no Wesley's, I I would not trade Carlos for the world. Carlos, if you're listening, I love you very much. (laughs) Wesley, if you can hear me, wash her hair. (laughs) She hates you. (laughs) Okay. All right, the clothes are coming off. Oh, it's... I had my furry sweatshirt on and it was getting hot. I think that whiskey shot finally got to me. I think, yeah, I think that... I don't know, have you been drinking? (laughs) I haven't drank a lot of my Dallas Blonde promo. Shout out. Hey, you should totally sponsor us. Sponsor us. Dallas Blonde, if you get sponsors. Deep Ellum. No, it's, it's Deep Ellum. I know. Yeah, Deep Ellum Brewery. Oh my God, I've been there. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is all going to get cut. Probably not. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Okay. I kind of wanted to go through, so we're done with the introduction, finally. Yes. I wanted to kind of go yes. through um, kind of the rest of the book, how it made us feel. I don't want to spoil too much. By the way, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about this book. So as we have already been doing. But yes, no, if you don't want. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to. Anyway, (laughs) so, yeah, if you do not want to know what happens in The Handmaid's Tale, because I don't know, you decide that you want to read the book, even though it's been out for what, like 32, 33 years, you know, (laughs) or if you want to watch the show and you want to be completely surprised by the subjugation of the female population, then um, I'm so sorry. I really don't want to tell you to stop listening because I really want you to listen because I think that we uh, we're two really, really cool people. And, you know, we really want to tell you about this. Yeah, we really want to talk to you. How uncomfortable it made me. (laughs) We we were. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, this entire book. Yeah. <laughs> so okay so all yeah. right we're gonna go Hashtag spoilers <laughs> cool. okay so what do you want to start with so okay so we're actually i'm just gonna say we're doing these a little out of order this is gonna be our first episode however we had originally planned another episode coming out before this so that's like the first of my notes because Mm -hmm. i was actually going to compare them so i'm going to do that next episode and i'm going to compare what i read for that to this anyway so i don't know it i really loved kind of the expressiveness of like like how she described things she was very descriptive but like so many run-on but like yes but like in a way that it almost didn't it was almost like like things that you you would see and recognize in a heartbeat without just the minuscule thought even entering in your head why that looks that way or why that is that way like it was just like something that like just came out it was like she was explaining it to people that had never seen anything like that before case in point 
the female symbol. Yes. The circle with the cross at the bottom. Mm-hmm. The way she described it, what was it? She was watching a, a video of um, her mom or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it right? was of, of like uh, one of the protests that her mother had done. Yeah. And like she like just talks and I think she's she's what? She's at the school, right? Mm-hmm. The um, Do you have the name of the school? I can't remember what they the called center? it. Yeah, the center, Mm -hmm. like they called it. What did they call it? The Red Center. The Red Center. Okay, yeah, but I mean, it was a school, which I love how they turned a school into basically an internment camp for the handmaids, which is like... (laughs) That's great. (laughs) It literally, anybody who is in school right now feels like it's a fucking internment (laughs) camp, you know? So, um, anyway. And also, go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, she's talking about like, just like the circle with the cross at the bottom and the way she describes it, it's almost like... It's such a foreign thing to her. But to us, at first, like, we literally, you take a split second of a glance at it, you know exactly what it is. Yeah. And um, there's, I think we're going to get into to the other characters and, like, mm-hmm. their involvement in the story that goes on here. But I do want to say, at one point, Mick, he is a, uh, he's... A valet, almost. He's kind of like pretty a pretty much. Yeah, he's, he's like kind a of like valet a, or like an assistant. He's like a manservant, basically. He does whatever that the commander and the commander's wife want. Basically, where Alfred is posted, mm-hmm. you know, where she needs to do her duty to the her quote unquote duty. Her duty to bear children for the commander. Barf. Anyway, Nick. He they're, they're doing like one of their ceremonies and. He touches her foot with his and she talks about like kind of like an electric tingling, like sort of warmth from being touched by this foreign and and they're not even like skin to skin contact. No, it was like shoe to shoe. It's shoe to shoe. (laughs) But the funny thing is, it's like, I don't know about you, Kobe, but I've sat on a couch with like a crush like years ago Mm -hmm. and like our legs are just against each other and we're both wearing pants, you know, it's whatever. It's not like skin to skin, but there is that electric warmth, like tingling, like, yeah. And it's, it's so crazy to, to, to have Margaret Atwood describe this through this character and I'm just like Jesus Christ like I have felt that Mm -hmm. like I have been there like just her descriptions of things is just it's It's remarkable yeah Yeah. no it definitely painted a whole picture in my head the only thing was that everyone else's appearances and faces were very described in depth except for the main character yes like she left that out mostly because they're not allowed to look in the mirror no She's Um, just like so and and just for some context, as far as I can tell in this book, she's already been doing this for like three years. So no. So apparently the total collapse of the government and the takeover and like Gilead, like the institutionalization of Gilead that happened within a three year span. Yeah. No, that all happened like super quick. But she's been a handmaiden for three years, right? I don't think so. I think that she I think she's only been a handmaid for maybe a year and then she. She failed at her previous posting. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that she got, ca- I think that Gilead start, like kind of started, quote unquote, mm-hmm. started. And then within like the first six months of that, she gets captured and she goes to the Red Center. Yes. And then from there, she goes to her first posting, posting. and then she fails to bear a child for whoever that fucker is and so she goes I'm sorry I'm gonna say fucker so I don't care how, I am angry I don't care who that I don't yeah. care if they're nice or not did she say anything about like their their size like if they're like overweight or anything not that that matters I'm just 
I trying to remember like, like the description. I think she just said like bald and old. Yeah. Yeah. So then she goes to the commander who I, I do also like that she she talks about like silver hair versus gray hair. Because there is a difference. There is obviously a difference. But like she's like saying like silver hair is almost like a comment on a person's like on a man's handsomeness. But she doesn't want to say silver. She wants to call it gray because to her, she he's not handsome. He's not this like, you know, well to do older man. He is somebody that she is subservient to, which is just just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I think that she's only been a handmaiden for like a couple years. It was very hard for me to determine how long this time period was. She's not allowed to read or like read a clock or anything. So she never really talks about what time of the year it is other than it's summer. She doesn't even know. She doesn't even know. And so I think that they did, the author did that on purpose oh, to of kind course. of make it, you know, more realistic of like, they really don't know what's going on. They've literally no fun clue what's going on in the world all they know is that they're alive and that they're allowed to eat and that they have to have sex <laughs> that's pretty much it i wouldn't call that sex i would uh, absolutely not call that sex i think i think that sex is consensual yes. or it well you know fuck it should be consensual it con- if it's not consensual it's rape so exactly. let's just lay that there anyway i think what's happening with them i think that that's just i don't know i mean is that rape that is rape isn't it because I, I mean yeah that's it not is. consensual i mean you got janine who's a bitch but you know i don't think that she God, wants to get fucking Janine. well okay i <laughs> i am gonna get i have a whole thing about janine that i am ready and willing to dive into well, um, that was the first quote that I wanted to get into. Okay, was, we'll we'll okay, we'll okay. get there. We'll get there. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm so excited. No, I know. So yeah, no. Basically, I mean, we're we're thrust into this world, and throughout the book, we get bits and pieces of the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you go, you kind of realize that it's a little bit less like the Earth that you know the world that we're in today. It is definitely kind of like a you know an alternate universe. But there's just so many similarities almost. It, it's, it's basically as if like up until 1980, it was the same as what our history tells yeah. us. Right. And then after 1980, it kind of diverges. That's when that's when the, the split happens. And you have our world, which is where we're living in today. And then you have their world, which is just slowly progressively working towards the subservience of women. And like basically because like birth rates decline, which I'm sure maybe did happen in the 80s. I actually don't know that fact. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, yeah, no, they're fuck. I mean, if women don't want to procreate, they don't have to. Like, I hate that the fact that they're like looked at as cattle cattle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm staring deeply into Kobe's eyes. I'm as really I'm saying trying to this. avoid your gaze. Why are you avoiding my gaze? Because I know it's gonna bother you if I react. So no, I'm really it's hard. <laughs> no. Yeah. But yeah, no. I think that it's just definitely it's an alternate timeline, and it's very scary how close it is to where we are today. But yeah, I mean, they birth rates declined, and then there was an overthrow of the government. Right. Yes. Yeah. There was, so, they suspended the Constitution. There was pretty much martial law throughout the land. Well, but that let's unpack that a little bit. So that was on. Was that on President's Day? That was on Fourth of July. No. No, it wasn't Fourth of July. It was the holiday. Yeah. I think it was President's Day or something like that. Yeah. They because you know oh god there is that designated survivor law. 
Yes. Where if the president, vice president, speaker of the house, you know, cabinet, they all get, you know, killed. There's always that one person who's survived. Apparently they didn't have that. I don't know. So the whole succession of the presidency just gets killed, assassinated by this think tank called what? The Sons of Jacob? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so they... Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so yeah, the sons of Jacob, they basically overthrow the government and these well-to-do rich assholes decide, okay, well, since our wives can't bear us sons and we are slowly decreasing in population, let's fucking enslave the fertile women of the world. Let's make them bear us children because in the Bible, there's a precedent. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that you, you know, shouldn't, uh, that are very well outdated. I mean, they, what, it says you shouldn't eat catfish. Yeah. You know, like you shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't, what, cut your hair, yeah. or like heroin or something. I'm so know. sorry to the I people haven't. who know I'm more sorry. about the Bible than I do. I am I awful. Don't the, I don't know very much. <laughs> we, let's move on. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Um, and just to clarify, this isn't like a global thing. This is a United States thing. Very which much is so. Even scarier since we both have, you know, lived in the the United States our entire lives. Dallas, Texas, baby. Dallas, Texas, baby. Well, but I will also say that it's not the entire United States. They talk about like borders and and rebels and like people like fighting back on the outskirts. Yes. I don't think that it's the entire United States. I think Gilead is think like because it's, it's in Maine. That's they talk r- about how they, how Gilead's in Maine. Offred was in Boston. Right. So I think it's really only the Northeast. New England, watch out. New England, watch out. That's just, where it's going to stop, bitches. Just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, CIA. Please don't come for us. Um, yeah, so it's a lot. Let me tell you, it's a lot. Where do you want to go next? Let's talk about that bitch Janine. Okay, okay. I have so much to fucking all right, say. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. This bitch Janine. Okay, so listen, 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 listen. I'm actually not going to lie. I felt for her. Why? Not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. The way they paint her. Because the, she enters, what is it, the, the meat market, I don't know, or whatever the place is called where they do their shopping. Which, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, I guess we should explain that. So, handmaids are allowed to do the shopping for the cooks. Mm-hmm, because um, they're prescribed walking time for their health. Yes. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about that. So, Commanders are allowed a handmaiden, right, to bear them children, mm-hmm. right? And they have a wife, the com- you know, commander's wife, whatever. They then also have, is it three? No, four servants. They have... They only talk about Cora and Rita in the book. Yes. Who's she, the cook one, and like the maid. One is a Martha. Yes. Mar- I don't know why they assigned the name Martha to them. They're, they're all Marthas. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, maybe. I don't know. It was Martha Stewart prevalent in the 80s. I don't think I don't know. I don't I know. Wasn't born then, so yeah, that's that's, that's before my time. I'm a millennial. <laughs> I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial baby. <laughs> anyway. So um, yeah, no. So they have Marthas who are like the cooks and stuff. Then they have the maids who, in the mm-hmm. book, it's Cora that's assigned to the um, the Fred household. 
Uh, yes. And then you have Offred, who is the handmaiden. Mm-hmm. And then you have Nick, who's the valet slash runner slash person who gets them black market goods like cigarettes. And perfume. And perfume. Head bob. Yeah. And um, so this is a very Puritan type of society where like women aren't allowed to wear makeup. They're not allowed to wear like. They're not allowed to clothes. shave their legs. Yeah. They're not allowed know. to cut their hair. Um, they have to have their hair covered. They wear pantaloons. Did you pants. notice that? Yeah. I, they wear yeah. pantaloons uh, underneath their skirts and they wear like overskirts and shit. Yeah. Which is awful. They're not allowed to have like all those layers in that lotion. heat. Like, I know, right? Yeah. They can't wear sandals. I don't know if you caught that in the yeah. summer. They can't they wear have, sandals. They have like, like dis- little holes in the Yeah, the to shoes. like aerate yeah. the feet. But it's just like that sounds miserable. I'm pretty sure that entire existence is miserable, which is why they're not allowed mirrors and then they're not allowed any sort of glass they're not allowed to be able to open windows they're not allowed ceiling fans or anything specifically the handmaidens because so many had killed themselves yes they committed suicide which i'm not gonna lie if i were in that situation if i could not run away i would commit suicide like that is just brutal because i wouldn't want to give them satisfaction yeah exactly which We'll get to with with one of mm, yeah with her friend. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Get, we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll her talk. We'll, we'll talk to, to that. We'll talk her. about that. yeah. No, so they the handmaidens they um they're allowed to do the shopping because they have to walk, but they have to do it in pairs. Mm-hmm. So Alfred is paired up with Ofglen. Ofglen. Yeah. Of Glenn. Of Glenn. She is of Glenn. So uh, <laughs> so she's paired with her. And of course, like they're both playing a part. Um, and then, K- of course, you guys didn't see this, but Kobe just tried to use her vape. But on the oh back, back inside of it is very, very funny. Yes. And I'm I don't mean to keep saying, guys, it is it is. programmed in me i'm actually oh my god (laughs) oh my god it's like you're appropriating gender oh sorry no i'm trying to i actually am really trying to get into using like the word like uh folks you know f-o-l-f-o-l-x i'm really trying to use that f-o-l-k no folks f-o-l-x folks f-o-l-x is not a word my love no it's it's what you would say no it's what you would say when you're talking to people of any gender really yes is that a thing it's like it's like latin x you know like l-a-t-i-n-x like not you know not male or female it is it's internet slang for white folks what it's a download manager for Mac. Hold on, hold on, white folks. I don't like that. No, let's not the do X that. The X is to designate gender nonconformity, gender Thank neutrality, you. and your gender. Okay. Yes, that's what I'm going for. All right. Okay. You know okay. what? I'm listen, sorry. <laughs> listen, people. At the end of this episode, we will have a plug. We will tell you where you can reach us. Please tell me if folks is okay or not okay. I am dying to hear. I want to know. This is the first I'm hearing of it, and I'm very prevalent on the internet. Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're so up to date. You're so you're so on top of. Things. I watch YouTube. You watch YouTube. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck. Where were we? No. So she. They're basically they do the shopping, right? Yeah. That's where we were at. Okay. Yeah. So the handmaids they have pairs, offers with Off Glen, and they go shopping. And Off Warren, 
of Warren, off Warren, whatever, comes in and she's pregnant. And AKA that bitch Janine. Her name is Janine. And first of all, you know what? Actually, no, let's scratch that. I'm not going to talk about the name. <laughs> we, first of all. We might have people who are named Janine. If you're listen. named Janine, I'm sorry. But we, I'm about to hate on you. We're, we're going to cut. We're going to cut this out. Yeah, okay. that's not happening. Um. Okay. So, and then off Warren comes in and... She's pregnant and she literally stops traffic. It literally stops traffic. Apparently there's like this whole ritualistic thing about being pregnant in this society because even, even though the handmaidens are fertile, pregnancy is still not like a common thing, Yeah, which is fine. You know, God wants us to die. We should die. (laughs) But anyway, so Janine off Warren, whatever she comes in and immediately she's toting this pregnancy and she's a bitch. Like she's, she's a real bitch about it. She is a real bitch about that yes. and a real bitch about some other stuff throughout the book. However, the part where I feel for her is when they're at the red center. That's what I was going to And you, okay, you talk about it. I'll let you talk so, about okay. it and I will interject and interrupt you okay. how I see fit. So in the red center. Okay, so what I think, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So in the red center, um, they have to do something called a repentance mm-hmm. where they have to talk about different things that they've experienced in life that are quote unquote sins. Yes. Uh, one of the things is Janine testifies yes. about being gang raped at 14 and then having to get a, an abortion. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah she, she gets pregnant. She gets pregnant and then she has an abortion. What really bothered me is the whole thing. They have to chant her fault, her fault, they her fault. They victim blame They victim blame yes. the shit out of Janine. Yes. Vomitous. Vomitous. As Christine and Nim would say. And then Vomitous. she starts so they have to do this like multiple times and she begins janine again begins to accept the whole event accepts it as her own fault and that she deserved all that pain and punishment that she was receiving from her fellow handmaidens yeah that fucked me up royally yes because it was just so much rape culture in yes. half of a page. <laughs> yes. And so, so why are you why are you hating on her? She's she it's because a, she was a bitch after that. Listen, it's it's survivalist. I mean, like yeah. it is she she's like, My thing is that she started drinking the Kool-Aid, as it were. Oh, she, she started did, drinking but she that also Kool-Aid. started losing herself mentally. Oh yeah. She started losing her shit. She hard. there's like a point where Offred's character, Janine and Moira, who is Offred's best friend in a, you know the previous mm-hmm. life, they're all at the Red Center together. And Janine is on her cot in the, the gymnasium. She's not getting dressed. She's literally, what is she saying? She's saying like some like chant over and over again. Yeah. Basically, it's just almost like she's lost it. She's gone cuckoo. Yeah. She's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like Essentially, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's also Moira kind of has seen... to slap her. Yeah. Which that aggressive nature that Moira brings in and out of this story, like, is so great. I hated how we how it was left I with her. Like, I hated I do. it. I do. Because we... there's no closure there. There's... I don't know. Maybe she's in the next book. I don't know. I don't know. I Or in the, in the show. I, don't I know. purposefully did not read the next book. Me too. Me too. I literally just I read just this book. I just wanted to read this book and have a fresh perspective. Thank you. Um, but we definitely see the same kind of mental breakdown 
after Janine has her baby and is moved to a different household because her baby dies. They don't say how, they but call it they call it a um uh, they call it a a shredder. A shredder, which because it's an unviable baby, yeah. Which okay. means what that that it goes in a shredder, like a wood chipper, <laughs> like a wood chipper, like <laughs> throwing babies in wood chipper. <laughs> oh, oh, not my- good, not good. Just chugging it. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's awful. So bad, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they talk about Janine pretty much losing her shit after that. And how could you not feel for her? You call her a bitch, yes. She's drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes. I don't know. It's just Alfred makes her seem like a bitch. She's a survivalist. And I was like... No, see, I don't know about that. I mean, this is all written from the, like, the, you know, first person perspective. This is, this is Alfred's, you know, perspective on, on everything. And it starts out, which makes it just so heart-wrenching. Just hearing how she describes what she's going through. It's just so heart-wrenching. But she makes Janine out to be a bitch at the beginning. And then they go back and you see, like you hear about the, or read, I guess, technically speaking, you know, quote unquote, whatever, read. We're using quote unquote a lot. <laughs> read, a, you know, you read what she, what Janine has gone through. And, you know, first she goes through this victim blaming this, this slut shaming thing, which mm-hmm. it's not her fault. She was gang raped and she yeah. got pregnant at 14. And then after that, like she's at this red center. She has to, because her story is so powerful. Powerful, she has to get up in front of all of the other handmaidens and her handmaiden to bees, and they all get to chant at her. Like how I would break down too. I would do whatever I could to avoid that situation, which is what she does. Because isn't it like she's uh she goes to Aunt Lydia's office and Aunt yeah. Lydia tells her about Moira escaping. Yeah. And that's just, you know, like after that, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to like have to be in front of everybody again or something like that. It, it, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I would be in the same freaking boat like Jesus Christ. Like that's it's terrible what she had to go through. Anyway, uh, I did want to mention. So at the Red Center and of course throughout Gilead is like the ants. Wanted yes. to talk about the ants that a little is. bit. Now it's just like the handmaidens, the Marthas. I don't know the titles of of like the maids or the titles of like the valets or whatever, but or like the commanders. You know, the ants. That's a title. Aunt Lydia. Mm-hmm. What did you think about Aunt Lydia? She's like this person who is instructing Offred and the other handmaidens mm-hmm. like on how to do what they're going to be assigned to do, which is, of course, procreate. Yeah. So what did you think about her and like Aunt Elizabeth and all them? I thought they were part of the congregation, the original congregation, like the original people that were like, let's do this. This sounds great. Let's Fuck up society. Let's fuck up society. Society. But yeah, I definitely think that she was drunk on the Kool-Aid hard. She really pissed me off with just like a lot of the shit that she did later on when they talk about the salvation and like the whole shit going on with that, where they literally just murder people. Yeah. (laughs) Salvaging. Salvaging. Salvaging? Yeah, not salvation. Salvaging. The salvaging. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Up until that point, I actually wasn't. Like, I was actually okay with her. 
Yeah, it was kind of just like, oh, this is her job. But then up till then, I was like, after that, I was like, wow, Aunt Lydia's at one point diabolical. At one point, she mentions to them that they need to use sex as a weapon. Yeah. And when she does that, I'm like, oh, like, okay, you understand that this whole situation is fucked and you're just trying to give them the best of what they can possibly get out of this situation but yeah no then they came upon the salvaging which was almost at the end of the book yes and uh she puts forth this guy who is a he's a spy but they make it out to be like he raped a handmaiden he no apparently he raped a handmaiden and then like killed like a commander's wife or something he did something yeah involved rape and so all the handmaidens they're allowed like this like three to five minute period of just like stabbing him and kicking him they and can do him. whatever like they it's a ba- basically a vent for them like they have all this aggression built up in them that they can't release because they're being subjectified in such an awful way and so they're allowed what like tooth salvagings a year yeah. like every six months where they can go and like there's like this criminal that's put in front of them and they can just kill them and like tear them apart mm-hmm. and so this guy comes forward and he's apparently a rapist and aunt lydia is like oh this you know she perpetuates that lie because apparently it was a lie apparently this guy was just a spy and he was found out and so the people in in charge of this society they're they're like no we don't you know let's let's just have the handmaidens take care of him i guess i don't know but holy shit (laughs) holy shit yes that's so next i kind of wanted to go over the ceremony the ceremony. The ceremony. The ceremony. Okay. So the ceremony really got to me. <laughs> so definitely one of the things that I wanted to quote directly from the book was the following. So this is... Oh, I didn't mention that Janine's treated like fucking Cersei from Game of Thrones. Oh Sorry. my God, she is. Anyway, I just wanted okay. to throw that out there. Okay, no, so she go is. ahead. <laughs> so um, I did want to mention... A quote, um, and this is like literally right before the ceremony. And he's reading a prayer from a passage from the Bible to the rest of the household because the household is gathered in a room and they're given a prayer because they're praying over Alfred's womb or uterus or and, whatever. And Nick touches his and foot to Nick her. Nick touches his foot, his foot to hers. Yeah. Yeah. So Alfred is having like internal thoughts. Yes. She kind of talks briefly about how the commander must feel with all of this. Mm -hmm. She says, while he puts them on like a sock over a foot onto the stub of himself, his extra sensitive thumb, his tentacle, his delicate stocked slug's eye, which extrudes, expands and shrivels back into himself when touched wrongly, grows big again, bulging a little at the tip traveling forward as if along a leaf into them, avid for vision. She's talking about his dick? Yes. <laughs> oh, really? So she's, yeah, she actually really is. Damn it. And she's just talking about like how much pressure he must feel. He has to have sex in order to procreate. Like he has to have sex and have a baby in order to raise and like rise in rank. But he's in a relationship with no love, right? With his yeah. wife. Yeah. He's in a loveless marriage. You see that later on when he brings Alfred into his office multiple nights to play Scrabble of all things. I would have played chess. 
Fuck Scrabble. Fuck Scrabble. (laughs) All about that chess. But he does all that stuff and he just carries that unburdening weight of being the head of the household. Everything relies on him and his penis and his sperm. But Offred, in my opinion, seemed like she was disgusted by him, but also had a little bit of sympathy, not empathy. Sympathy and empathy are different. Absolutely, they are. She has sympathy for him because she's like, you know, I understand that he must feel like this, you know, huge rock on his back. She has sympathy for everyone. Kind of, yeah. In varying degrees. She really does. She sympathizes Serena Joy. Honestly, I put in my notes that it felt like she pitied Serena Joy, who's the commander's wife. Yeah. The I only... mean, I kind of did too. Of course. During the ceremony, Serena Joy is like trying not to cry, but then she can't hold it in. And it's like a <laughs> fart in a church, which I thought was really <laughs> I funny. I thought that was the best. Yeah, I thought it was Best so metaphor funny. ever. <laughs> but he like was late to this to the ceremony that they talk about. He's always late though. He's very he? dry. Yeah, he's always late. He's very dryly reads the Bible passage. Like he doesn't say it with any sort of emotion. Yeah. It was as if he was reading like an essay, um, which I think is really telling because it just makes it seem like he dreads all of this as much as they do. Yeah. The ceremony. So to me is rape. However, Offred notes on them being clinical and how there's like no love or passion, like not even the commander has any passion for it. Like he's just very like he's just dry. Yeah, he's dry he's helping just on. Getting yeah, it. yeah. And I think that it's just so fucked that the wife has to is the wife is obligated. Like it's not like a suggestion that the wife needs to be a part of it. It's part of the whole thing. It's an obligation yeah. that the wife has to be present for it because it's a symbol of the wife receiving the seed and getting pregnant from it. Did we explain to our listeners that the ceremony is where the handmaiden gets fucked? No. By so the ceremony the is where the ceremony is a very it's, planned affair. Yeah. It's what is it? Is it once a week? They like um, it's whenever she's ovulating. Is it whenever it's based on that cycle? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the ceremony is whenever they, they get together, all of the members of the household and they recite Bible passages about fertility and women and the whole shit with Rachel and Lee or, or whatever, whatever book that is. And then the handmaiden gets taken into the master's chambers or commander's chambers and is held between the wife's knees. Mm-hmm. And the wife holds the holds the handmaiden's arms or hands up above her above her head, and the commander only lifts the handmaiden's dress just high enough to like her waist I to think. like her waist, just so he can fuck her and. I guess, you know, penetrate, penetrate her as nasty as that is. <laughs> and and then just, you know, yeah, get the put job his, done and put his seed in her and hope that it plants the whole time. The commander's wife, she has to be there. Yeah, she has to. It, it's almost like symbolic of it being her own a vagina yeah. that is being penetrated, but it's not hers. It is the handmaidens. Yeah. Yeah. It's and nasty. It makes it even more fucked. Yes. And they do it based on ovulation. Offred says that um, once a month they have to go to the gynecologist. They have to go to a doctor. Yes. And have a vaginal exam, which... 
Let me tell you, as a woman, having a vaginal exam is the most excruciating experience. I could not imagine having what, no one. lubrication? No lube. No lubrication? What? Uh, well, it depends. It depends on speculum. The, there are some that are already like self-lubricated. Wait, I'm sorry. Explain that to me. I am a man. Tell me what that is about. I'm so curious. So the speculum okay. is like kind of like it looks kind of like a duck's beak. And it <laughs> yes, goes okay. into I know what, I know what a it vagina. Okay. I know what a speculum is. Okay. Do you know what it's used for? To open it up, To right? open up the cervix so they can look inside to open, and take a swab. To open the lids, as Rocky Flintstone would oh say. Oh, God. I'm sorry. That's a... <laughs> you have not started listening to My Dad Wrote a Porno yet. No, but it not. is fucking great. I, I can't even There's your you. plug. My Dad Wrote a Porno. Yeah, my Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> there you go. You, everybody should listen to it. It's great. But it's... it's So for women, you're only... Over the age of 21, you're only required, well, not re- really required. It's suggested that you get one every 27 months. So that's like two years or something, two or three years. A little over two years. A little over two, two years. years, three months. Yeah. Yeah. I can't math. Something like that. So having to do one of those once a month just sounds awful. She does comment on the whole doctor's appointment thing about how the doctor like asks if she wants to get a little so he can help her quote unquote help her out by getting her pregnant and apparently that's a thing we learn later that that's how janine got pregnant is because of the doctor doctor. being inappropriate but it's very illegal yes incredibly illegal but anyway, so the ceremony was just one of those things where it just, it was excruciating because she's so detailed in her descriptions that you kind of just like felt her sorrow the whole time. She very much, to me, it seemed like a rape because she definitely disassociates. She yes. stares at the ceiling. She's trying to think of other things. Yeah. She's treating it as a job. Yes. Rather than an act of love. Yes. And it's sad that that's like how like the whole act was it's her, I created mean, into throughout this you know the whole the whole thing it's all about behavioral modification mm-hmm. for women which is just gross i mean pavlov would be proud but yes. <laughs> you know it, it's just yeah it's sickening it's nasty do you have anything they're to say broken oh yeah they're, they're broken the, the women sure. are broken they're surviving yes women should rule the world I beyonce agree. was right Beyonce, Bay, Queen Bay, you was right. You was right. Women should rule the world. Exactly. Uh, do you have anything else to add about the uh, ceremony? No, I don't. I'm just, I, I can't wait to get into some of the language that we learned through this book. Yes. Next, I wanted to go over. So, Offred is picked up in a in an ambulance that has been modified to be called a birth mobile. Yes. Um, to take to the to birthing take, of Janine's of baby. Janine's correct. Baby. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, she definitely she remarks on how ambulances were attributed to death, injury, maiming. emergency, maiming. Yeah. And now it's like a oh my god, there's oh holy shit there's a baby coming oh my god because all of the handmaids have to go to janine's house to support her um you know what i th- <laughs> i'm sorry what? i think of like avatar the movie with the yes blue people and how they're like all connected and they all have their hands on their each other's shoulders and they're like oh no no you know and they're all like going around in circles i mean that's like, kind of how it is because you know they're all like, like chanting like breathe and breathe. in the middle there's sigourney weaver and she's being <laughs> 
<laughs> and put into the tree of life or whatever it's yeah. called. Oh, <laughs> well, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I love oh, her. Girl. She's so great. Um. Anyway, <laughs> on the way, Offred is like, oh my God, what if this baby is deformed? What if it's a shredder? What if it's going to die as soon as it's born? All this shit. And she says something that was very like, it seemed very prevalent for today. She said they could tell once with machines whether or not they were deformed or had Right, ultrasounds or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But now that is outlawed. What would be the point in knowing anyway? You can't have them take it out. Whatever it is, it must be carried to term. Mm-hmm. That really just tells a lot about pro-lifers, the anti-vaxxers, about the ones that are like, because the whole the whole point of this being forbidden is there's a chance that the fetus could be harmed. It's not about whether or not, you know, they want the people to know what's going on. It's just no matter what, this baby's going to get born. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, and the baby was born. Yes. Yeah, and it turned out to be an unbaby. And it just seems significant now because it is so taboo to get an abortion, even for the health of the mother or the health of the fetus. There are so many people that are like, no, you need to have the baby no matter what. Like, I don't want to get to that whole soapbox, but it was definitely seen in this book of like where this could lead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's I think that right there is like the fear that we have with like the society that we're living in, like the direction we're heading. Yeah. I don't understand how it is 2019, almost 2020. And there are people out there who are like, no, vaccines are bad. No, like you can't get an abortion. You need to carry this unviable baby to term because think of the sanctity of your vagina or womb, you know, like what the fuck? Like, no, it's not about that. It's about the health yeah. of the mother and, and of the course, child. And the child. You don't want the child to suffer. Exactly. You don't want the mom to suffer. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, okay. Like, I just, I don't even want to get into it because, again, I'm sure there are people it was listening funny. to this. I'm sure there are people listening to this, people out there who yeah. think that me being a man, I really have no say in it, which is in a sense, kind of true. I mean, I, I can't empathize. Like Kobe mm-hmm. mentioned, there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. I can't empathize with the female struggle. I can be damn sure I'm, I can sympathize, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's fucking brutal. Yeah. So, anyway. But actually, funny thing, just a... A tangent, as a we've tangent, done. As, as, a tangent, as, as we say in the as business, as, as a tangent. So actually, Wes told me today that he saw um, a news article that said that um, the CDC did a whole bunch of tests and surveys and shit. We've had the largest measles outbreak that we've ever had in history with the vaccine. God damn <laughs> with it. With the vaccine being in circulation. God damn it. And it's because it. so many people refuse to vaccinate their kids. Why are people so dumb? I don't know. I don't but we're having an epidemic. It. Get your kids. No, it's I'm just kidding. so stupid. Don't follow me. Anyway. <laughs> so on, you know, viable children and stuff, they talk about later, like halfway through the book, Off Offred talks about how everything got fucked. Like how how women became less fertile. Yeah. About the chances of having babies were one in four. How the air got f- too full once of chemicals, rays, 
radiation, the water swarmed with toxic molecules. All of that takes years to clean up. And meanwhile, they creep into your body and camp out in your fatty cells. And it was just how toxic people lived and nuclear explosions and just, you know, waste and not being environmentally friendly and all that shit. Yeah. So that's kind of how like everything started to decline. And then when the population rate started to to decline, I think that's when people were like, let's take advantage of this opportunity and fuck all the women. Yeah, pretty much. So. Pretty much. Yeah. What else do you have to say? No, I mean, like I said, I can't wait, get, wait to get into some of the language that we picked up in this in this novel. I think we should do that now because I'm out of quotes. You're out of quotes? Yep. All right. Thank God. Anyway. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Um, first of all, gender treachery. Sounds fucking fun. Can't wait to to join that boat. Uh, yeah, aren't you already in? That I'm already in that boat. Yeah, no, it's basically having gender treachery. Gender, gender treachery. Yeah. Hashtag gender treachery. That's hard to say. Gender treachery. Be careful, because oh, clapping's on the sorry. mic. No. Hashtag gender treachery. Hashtag right. Gender tre- treachery. Can't yeah. talk. Okay. Can't talk. Go ahead. <laughs> Stop. I I love how that's their um their identifier for gay people like oh they got hung for gender treachery those gender traitors oh god how dare they sleep with the same sex like what the fuck's wrong with them you know well shit what's the what the fuck's wrong with you karen if your Um, name's karen i'm sorry (laughs) okay so another thing i want to talk about the and i already brought it up is the fact that uh i guess commander's households or richer people's households people who are well to do they have multiple wives they have the you know their wife they have the handmaiden they have the martha who's mm-hmm. you know the cook they have the the valet and they have the uh the cleaner the, the maid cr- the maid thank you so i would like to just point out the fact that like later in the book uh the commander takes offered to this kind of like private like secret club like a speakeasy it's like a speakeasy almost and it's basically filled with a bunch of prostitutes and i won't say that they are prostitutes by trade it's just these women who have been forced into the prostitution ring and they've been uh basically sterile sterilized yeah they've been sterilized yeah they're sterilized so they can't bear children and they're literally just there to have you know, let the the commanders and the rich assholes of the world have a good time. Mm-hmm. And in that in that moment, whenever our character Alfred is taken there, like under a disguise, the commander tells her that, like, oh yeah, well, men just crave variety. They seek variety. Yeah. And it's funny because that's juxtaposed against an earlier quote that is made at the beginning of the book about how they are in a society that is dying of too much choice. Yet the over encumbrance of choice, there's too much choice or whatever, is literally just for the women. Mm-hmm. And then the men get to choose whatever they want. Yeah. It's disgusting. Anyway, so that just made me think about like the fact that there are econo wives. Yes. That's another term that I, I loved. Um, is a woman who's like wearing a striped dress and is like white, red, green, blue, whatever. And uh, she has to literally, she has to bear children, cook, clean, fetch groceries, whatever. She has to do all of it she by herself. She has to do all of it by herself. And that's for the poorer 
people. Yeah. And the and I'm just poor people don't and, have the privilege of having a handmaiden. Having multiple wives, yeah. you know, and I'm just like thinking like the Econo wife sounds like the triple fucking threat. Like, you know, <laughs> like I would if I get me a, an Econo wife, it's like a woman nowadays. Like she will do what she will do for the household and I will do what I will do for the household, you know, and I just yeah. it just that sounds bad. That sounds really bad coming out of my mouth. I feel like that just it's OK. It's OK. Anyway, the, the Econo wife just sounds like a triple threat. Like mm-hmm. she just she can do everything. <laughs> she's a jack of all. She's trades. a dra- jack of all trades. The underground female road. I loved that so fucking much. I read that and I was like, it's like I was like Harriet Tubman could never. <laughs> yeah, she'd be so happy. Harriet Tubman is shook. Yeah, people are coming for her brand. Yeah, it's like so. It's like just basically an underground railroad, but for females. But just for females. Yeah, get them out of the fucking societal, yep. like you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Just, oh my god, <laughs> I read that and I literally screamed out loud. Yeah. and Wes was like, "Oh my god, why?" Yeah, no, it's great. An unwoman. Yes. Which. This made me nauseous. Which that is just. That made me really upset. Just the term unwoman. Yeah. Because it just. they're not like a woman. You're, like you're even stripped of. Your gender. Your gender identification. Yeah. Just because you can't have kids. Yeah. That's bad. Like you can't, you're barren, or you had you had cancer, or you're yeah. scarred down there, so you can't have kids, and you get shipped off to the colonies so to die a poor, a slow death, and you're not a woman. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what about Serena Joy, the commander's wife? Like she's yeah. not a woman because she can't bear children, only because she's gone through menopause, though. Like, yeah. what's the difference between her and somebody who's had had cancer and has been yeah. sterilized from the chemo? You know, I don't even want to like get into it. Like, it's I just, either, it's just it fucking... made me it made me so mad because I was like, of all the things that you take from somebody, you're gonna take away their identity anyway. Yeah, no, I just I can't. It's bad. So in the book, you know, obviously, Alfred's character she interacts with a bunch of different characters and one of the more notable ones is nick who's the valet mm-hmm. and um she ends up having a tryst with him a relationship a relationship if you will mm-hmm. um and she sne- like basically every after it starts basically every night she sneaks over to his little apartment above the garage or whatever and and is having like you know sexual inco- intercourse with him what the fuck <laughs> why can't we why can't we have more of a description of Nick and Yeah, his, we don't ever know what Nick looks like. Like besides his his arms, I think she describes his arms at one point as being tan and as muscular. As being tan and muscular. Like Where does the tan end? I want to know more. I want to know what he looks like. <laughs> like give me that. Please. What bothered me as a reader, <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> what bothered me after Serena Joy like set Nick up with Offred. No one ever questions. It was something that I realized. No one ever questions whether or not the men are fertile because it takes two to have a baby. Yeah. No, but so they, no they one actually ever... brings that. They bring that up, though. 
they don't talk about like the men going in and getting checks. They say and, it's like, taboo, like to talk about it, like because it's never a man, a man's fault. They say that yeah, at the that's beginning. So fucked to me. It is I'm fucked. Like, why? So the women keep just like cycling out of this household, even if it's not their fault that they're not getting pregnant. It's the commander's fault. Yeah. Oh my god, that fucked me up so hard. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just it just happens. Like I don't know. I did want to say that besides like. Like, goddamn, we should have objectified Nick a little. I wanted to see that. I'm sorry. I'm going to return to that. I did also another love that I had in this book besides like dialogue and all that. It's like off Glenn, of Glenn, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how conspiratorial she was. Yes. So she's the woman that was paired with Offred for like their their grocery ventures. Yes. And they ended up kind of bonding because off Glenn's part of what is it called? It's the Mayday. Mayday. It's like, yeah, I think so. It's yeah. like basically like a um, like a um, secret organization like that's trying try- to like overthrow the government and like exactly get and, people out and stuff. And she's so conspiratorial, and she's like, you know, kind of just the way she says things, and like mm-hmm. it's like so great. And I hated the fact that at the end of the book, this random woman appears and she's like oh i'm off glenn like i'm off glenn what are you talking mm-hmm. about and she's like what are you talking about like who are you like you know let me say the the code word mayday and, the and see woman, if she reacts and see if she reacts and like the woman's like oh by the way off glenn hung herself because she saw the vans coming for her and- yeah like she saw that they, the government had figured her out and they were coming mm-hmm. to 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 take her and it's like that's so sad. Like, she was one of my favorite characters, and I really wanted to see that relationship develop, but it didn't. Anyway, I really don't have much else. I mean, honestly, I would say that there's just so much in this in this book. Like, you have to read it. You have you, to read you it. You have to in order to completely understand everything. Like because I, if you just, like, hear about it... It's not the same. It almost it really is. It almost might even be disjointed. Yeah. Like at the end, so Offred, she I guess you probably want to know what happens to her because she's she's a handmaid and she's stuck in this position. She um because she's having this relationship with Nick, who's like the valet, apparently he's also part of this secret society, like this Mayday society. Mm-hmm. He gets her rescued. Yeah. And um, that's the end of the book. She literally gets into the van to to leave like to because she's like being rescued under the pretense that she's being arrested. She's not actually being arrested. She's being rescued. But that is how the book ends. You don't know what happens to her after this. Mm -hmm. So she's escaped this household. She's escaped. Maybe she's escaped this life. They then go into this thing called uh, historical notes at the end, which I did want to talk about yeah it was weird why was it weird what did you think was weird about it because it 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 was weird reading about the whole situation so succinctly and as if this whole so this whole book was on a series of cassette tapes yes and the reason why it was like so jumbled back and forth between past and present Yes. Was because the tapes apparently got jumbled in the footlocker that they were being kept in, which yes. I thought was so crazy. Like it was like that's a weird a weird explanation at the end of the book to to describe like why Offred's thoughts went back and forth about yeah. different you know, I thought that was crazy. Which also this whole historical notes chapter section is set in twenty one ninety five. Yeah. So this is God. like seeing all of that almost prehistoric. Uh, almost 
like it's prehistoric. Yeah, yeah. Almost like it's like the 1600s now and we're yeah. reflecting on the 1600s. Yeah. So they're just like going through all of this as it was just a piece of history. Which I will say I, I totally disagreed with, um, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Uh, Pichotto, 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 whatever. I, I, I hated. He says that we shouldn't, that they shouldn't pass judgment on the Gileadian uh, society for the choices that they made during that coup. And I'm like, are you? fucking kidding me because like are we not to pass judgment on hitler yeah like i'm gonna fucking pass judgment on hitler like why wouldn't you why would you pat why would you abstain from passing judgment on what happened to these poor women in this society i mean i think to play devil's advocate oh don't play devil's advocate don't do it (laughs) this whole section is during a historical convention so they're trying to stay separate and they're trying to do the the you know the ethical thing of like trying to remain you know, neutral neutral yeah um just to like report the facts because i mean you know the plague was awful yeah but if you go to like a historical you know ted talk or whatever and they're talking about it they're not gonna go say, to a historical ted talk you mean you, you can go you bring a TED talk to you, right? Because you listen to them. You can go to them. They always have audiences. Oh, God. Okay. All right. That's what I meant. Oh, sorry. Um, and you hear people talking about, you know, the Black Plague or whatever. Yeah, you want to pass judgment, but you're also like, well, it's history. It happened. So there's yeah. literally nothing we can change. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I do want to note two things. One, the names in the historical notes. They seemed not so vaguely like Native American. Yes. And I just want to say like, fuck yeah. Like, fuck the white oppressor. Like, (laughs) just, you know, take back the continent, please. Native American people. Like, you were here first. This is your continent. And then... And then also, yes, I know I'm white, but still, I, I stand by what I said. The second thing is, like, they mentioned Texas as its own sovereign nation. I don't know if you got that. I don't remember the exact. I All I put in my notes is, like, hey, Texas is a sovereign nation in this. I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Texas, secede from the fucking United States, please. Maybe <laughs> Again. Then, maybe then we'll have a president who we like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it's Texas. Probably not. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to. Um, but I did in the historical notes. I was fascinated. So in the in the show, every the commander is introduced as Commander Waterford. Oh, so they, they actually they put a never, name to that. Yes, and they never talk about it through the whole book until no, the historical until the notes where they talk about the commander Waterford versus who? Who's the other um, the other option for com- the commander? Like, because they it don't was know. Just no, it was. They think that it was. They think it's definitely Commander Fred Waterford. But they said that his wife, he was never married to a Serena Joy or to a Pam, because remember, Pam was uh, thought to be her name. Yes. Um, but she was married. He was married to a Thelma. Yes. Yeah, no, I... They still didn't know who... Oh, I'm sorry. The other one was Judd. 
uh, I don't remember what his first name was, but the other one, it was either Judd or Waterford. Yeah, it was Frederick between... Frederick R. Waterford or B. Frederick Judd. Yeah, it was between a couple different Freds. Yes. That were high in the government at the time of the, uh, the coup, the Galadian takeover. I don't even know if that's, if that's how you pronounce it. Galadian, whatever. But yeah, no, we don't know who it was. We don't even know who our main protagonist is. Yeah, they talk about that in the book, in the historical notes, how um, they really don't know who the narrator was. All they know, they don't know if she was, that if she had reached the outside world or if she was discovered yeah. and then sent to the colonies or if she was sent to Jezebel's, the speakeasy. The, yeah, the... the, um, the um, but yeah. yeah, and they don't know what happened to Nick. Well, they, they think, think that, that Nick got captured. They think yeah. that that's how that that ended for that arc for that. Family. They don't know what his motivation to rec- rescuing Alfred was. Yeah, they think that his motivation was because of her companion of Offglen, of yeah. her association with Offglen, that he was in jeopardy and that she was going to talk and rat him out. So yep. that's probably why he liberated her. Probably. Yeah, so there we're kind of left with questions and literally it says the last two sentences of the book are applause and are there any questions? Jesus Christ, so many fucking questions. So many questions. So but many there questions. Is, there is a second book. It's called The Testaments. It is out now. It's been out for it's been a, out. a while, right? Um no. It came out September tenth, twenty nineteen. Jesus, that's what? Really? Yeah. And the it sequel, just came out? Yeah. The sequel picks up um, 15 years after Offred was rescued. Wow. Okay. Well, so so since the Hulu series is based literally off of the the show, yes, the show does not end with Offred where she is at the at the end of the book. Okay. They do go into what happens after. Okay. Which I don't want to ruin. Don't ruin. You. I will watch it eventually. It'll be one of my shows. It's really hard. It's I really hard that's to why watch. I couldn't get wa- through the first season, the first episode, like twice. I tried to it watch it. It took me a while. I will work through it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our retelling of it. And uh, Kobe's pussies are still scratching at the door. Anyway, (laughs) Jesus Christ. They're throwing themselves. Okay, they're throwing themselves at it. Anyway, so next week we will be covering books that were adapted into award-winning television shows on HBO, or as we like to call it, HBO. You can find us on Instagram, and that's at BofCast, B-O-A-F-C-A-S-T, and also on Twitter at BofCast. You can like and subscribe to our page on Facebook. It is Booked on a Feeling. And if you're a great human being, please consider visiting our Patreon page, patreon.com slash bothcast and donate. Or you can hit us up at www.bookedonafeeling.com for all of our social media links or a link to our Patreon. I got to tell you folks on Patreon, there's a lot of awesome stuff and more stuff in the works provided y'all are receptive to our voices. We will have a private book club where we can all discuss previous episodes and you can all tell us what you think about them. We are also going to be live streaming our game nights where we play board games uh, and get rough, rowdy and a little bit belligerent with some of our friends. 
And if you like what you hear, shoot us an email at bookedonafeeling at gmail.com to give us uh, book suggestions or ideas for themes that we should cover, or just to say hi, because we'd really like to hear from you. And that's it from us. So without further ado, bye. bye.